Okay, Tov. Today's daf is Ayin Chet, 78. And we are continuing in the middle of a little bit of a digression here about uh, when the Torah talks about Seh, does it, is it meant to exclude Hilayim, a hybrid? I mean, it's, uh, we got into it because the question is if somebody were to steal a hybrid sheep and goat, would they pay four and five if they were then to slaughter it? And the answer is um, that they would not. I'm excuse me, that they would. Wait, I give I, I'm sorry, that they would. They got that wrong. Because it says Ose. O is to include Kilayim. And then we said, but the O by the uh, by the Korbanot is to exclude Kilayim. Not only are we excluding Kilayim, but we're even excluding Nidmeh. Something that looks, doesn't look like the parents. Okay, so now the Gemara was going to be asking, okay, fine, one case you have an O to include, one case you have an O to exclude. But Rubber made a statement that anytime it says Se, it means to exclude Kilayim. Here it sounds like we don't have that as a default. Like we either have to go, you know, have a puzzle to tell me one way or the other, but it's not clear what the default is. So that's what the Gemara is going to turn to here. Let's take a look. Before We'll deal with that a little bit here before we turn back to issues about Geneva. So the Gemara in Ayin Cherem Aleph um, says the following. Um, um, Ella. It's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines down by the asterisk. Um, after the second word in the line. El Hadam that which Rava said. Zebineav, this is a paradigm. Komokom Shinem Marseh, whenever the Torah will tell you, the meaning is to exclude Kilayim, wherever it says it. So the Gemara is going to do, you know, basically say, we're going to, the Gemara is going to find one case where this statement is relevant. You know, wherever the Torah says, Seh, to exclude Kilayim. So the Gemara is going to say, when, do, when is that ever relevant? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, when is that ever relevant? What Allah is that relevant for? It's to tell me that you can't bring a korban from an animal that's a hybrid. It's explicit, or I don't know if explicit, but explicit based through the lens of the drashot of Chazal. Sure, O Kesev, an ox or a lamb. The O is Prat Lahotzi, that excludes Kilim. So we're not disagreeing with the law, Kilim is excluded, but it's not based on the use of the word set, it's based on the extra use of the O. If to tell me for Meiser Behema, you know that your new, she, you know your new uh, 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 lambs and uh, calves that are born, you have to give every tenth. So Tachas Tachas, you be Kudshim. There's a Gzeir Shava Tachas Hashavet that it learns from Kudshim. So if by Kudshim, because of the O, we excluded it, we exclude it by Meister. By the way, Rashi also yeah, points wait, out that it doesn't even say the word said by Meister. It says the word sown. That's all. It's all your cattle, like A's, right? Yes, but not a hybrid. Uh, nope, that's the interesting point. You're right. Meaning now, of course, I don't know why you're so shocked, since the idea of mitzvah is to be brought as a korban, and if you can't have a hybrid as a korban, it makes sense that you can't have a hybrid for this, right? But, um, but you know, but anyway, but you're right. Meaning something that's not about its unique identity. On the other hand, look, something that's like an ola also. There's not a different halacha for an, a sheep or a goat. Well, there is a halacha about, the, I guess, the nesachim. But anyway, but nevertheless, the point is... It, but what you make is a correct point that it's not just of something like you know by by four and five it's the irony by four and five the Torah actually makes a distinction between what type of an animal it is right by a shore it's five and, uh, and by a set it's four and then we include kilayim by korbanot and maser etc for mostly it's like any of these animals is okay but we exclude kilayim but yes we do it by maser because you know ultimately maser is supposed to be a, cor- be a korban if so anyway the, the law is correct but it's not learned from the word seh if it's for the issue of the firstborn animal, also to be brought as a korban, if it doesn't have a blemish, havara havara yalik mi We learned that from Meiser. Kolasha yavor tachas It says by Meiser, by bechor 
it says, So again, the halacha is true, but it's not based on Rava. Um, inami, or another way to prove that by a Bechor, we don't need Rava's drasha, is Nidme Martalo. We already know that you can't bring a Nidme for a Bechor. Nidme is an animal that it's both of its parents are of the same species, but it just looks like a different type of an animal. Dechsev, how do you know you can't bring that as a Bechor? Like, there's different species that it looks like a shore, right? You can't bring that either, then. Right. Well, that would also be a nidme. It just doesn't look like its parents. Inami nidme loth. You know you already can't bring a nidme by bechor. Dechsev. Ach bechor shor. However, the firstborn of an ox. So the drusha is, Ache hu shor u bechoro shor. By describing this bechor shor, it emphasizes somehow that it looks like, like it's this, you know, the spitting image of the father. It looks like its parent. Okay? So until it looks just like its parent. So if we already know from that drusha to exclude even something that looks different, so kilayim ibai. Of course, we would exclude kilayim. So halacha is true about all these kachim related things, but it's not based on the word seh. So where do you need rava? Ella kiitma derava lin petachamur. Okay, for rava you need it for is for the firstborn of a donkey. And now, not to tell you that the donkey has to look has to not be a hybrid donkey, but to tell you what you can transfer the kedusha to, because your poda is a petachamur. Kiitnah, like we taught in the mishnah. Ain podin lo be'egev lo you cannot redeem a chamor on a calf. It has to be on a set. Okay, right? It says a petra chamor So there's that word set. Okay, so it has to be a sheep, not a calf. So obviously not in some type of a, a wild animal like a deer or something. Not a shechted sheep. You can't say, oh, it's a sheep, it's just dead. No, sheep means alive. Or a sheep that's a trefa, that's interesting. Okay, because presumably that can't be brought as a korban. I wonder if you did do it and then you found out and you didn't realize it was a trefa and then you found out that it was, whether what, what the Allah would be. And here's our point. Not in a crossbreed. Even if it's a crossbreed between a sheep and a goat. And not a koi, which is a cross, some type of a crossbreed of a uh, sheep and a, uh, I forget what it is a sheep and I don't even know a goat and a deer okay a goat and a deer I'm sure there is okay excellent um, okay well, anyway now fine so that's our answer so when Rav says in the entire Torah said means to exclude Kilayim he means the one time the Torah says said by redeeming a Petra Hamur we don't have that based on anything else and that we know to exclude Kilayim because of the use of the word said yes David that's right that's not going to explain Rabbi Eliezer because Rabbi Eliezer allows you to redeem a Bechor a Petr Chamor on Kilayim yes it still is a Seth says generic enough so if it's crossbreed between a sheep and a goat for him that would still be under the generic title Seth even though it's not distinctively one species or another okay but that's still like a lamb of sorts so for him you can do it so we're back to the question what does Se exclude for Rava where does Se come to exclude Kilayim so Kitma de Rava so what would, where would Rava's law be relevant for Rabbi Eliezer Latame Kitma de Rava Latame Shinola Minatahor Iburo Minatame let's say you have an animal that is an offspring Tame here means not kosher animal an animal that's an offspring of a kosher mother and a non-kosher father now 
how any of this is possible, the Gemara is going to ask in a minute. But just to hear how Rashi describes it, the Gemara in a minute is going to say this is impossible. Rashi says, Rashi says, Let's say a cow gave birth to a horse. So a, pa- a cow mated with a horse and gave birth to a horse-looking animal. Or a lamb, a, a ewe, gave birth to a pig. A ewe mated with a pig and gave birth to a baby pig. Okay? So that would be a kilayim that would be uh, would, would not be permissible to be eaten. Now, you would think that that has a lot, more to, a lot less to do with the use of the word seh and just the fact that it's hybrid and has the fact to do with that one of its parents is non-kosher, that's the essence of it being also right? Hybrid, normally the sense is it's not like a pure breed, you know, and even if it came from everything, other things that are okay within the category, right, that's what Michael was asking before, like you could have a sheep and a goat, both of which you could bring as a korban, but the offspring of the two you can't bring as a korban, because there's some separate concept of being purebred, right? As opposed to here, it's like, the problem isn't that it's not purebred, the problem is that one of its parents, even if this was biologically possible, is not kosher, okay? But that's what the Gemara is saying, that's what said comes to exclude the offspring of a kosher and a non-kosher animal. Okay, which became pregnant from a non-kosher animal, was look Rabbi Yoshua. And not like Rabbi Yoshua, I mean, not like Rabbi Yoshua would necessarily disagree with this, although there's a long toast to us to figure out whether Rabbi Yoshua agrees or disagrees, but at least Rabbi Yoshua would learn it from a different pasuk. The E Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua would learn how to exclude such an animal. Misek Savim, the Se'izim. It says that you can eat, you know, something, the sheep of a, by the way, there's the use of the word said both by a sheep and a goat, which gets back to the point of, let's just stop a minute and pull back for a minute and remember Rabbi Eliezer's point a minute ago, which is why you can redeem a petrochamor on a hybrid sheep and goat, because the Torah uses the word, the same way the word, use of the word gidi can be used for a gidi izim and a gidi, you know, can be used for a, an, a can be used for a sheep and a goat, seh can be used for sheep and a goat, seh savim v'seizim, and that's why, by the way, right, when you have a hybrid sheep and a goat, we pass in getting back to Geneva for a minute that you pay four and five mm-hmm. but since the Torah says Oseh so Seh would include sheep and goat and it would include a hybrid sheep and goat okay so Seh can include sheep or goat and according and sometimes even a hybrid okay but how do we know here that so the, you just see from this Pasuk Sex but here he says from here you also learn though that if both parents have to be kosher parents because it's the use of the word plural it's not Seh Kesev it's not Seh A's right it is Bechor Shor, that's singular, but Sex Savim means of sheep. Both parents were sheep. Se'izim, both parents were goats. So only an animal that is a, an offspring of two, of, uh, of two kosher animals is kosher. If one of the animals is not kosher, the child is also not kosher. Okay, so he does not use it, learn it from the word se. He learns it from the word savim and izim. Both parents have to be kosher. So I know, but then you should learn that both parents have to be the same thing. I know, but he's not. What can I tell you? But he's not. Okay? So he learns it from that pasuk. So we're back to the question. What does se, in which case does se exclude kilayim? Either it excludes kilayim from Peter Hamor, but that's not true according to Rabbi Eliezer. So it excludes kilayim from if one animal is not kosher, that the offspring is not kosher. Well, that's a true halacha, but Rabbi Yoshua learns it from a different pasuk, from Sexavim Viseizim. Okay? Okay, Avid Keves V'imo Kisa. Okay, so fine, but the Gemara somehow is not bothered with that. That doesn't work for Rabbi Yoshua, but one way or the other, Se excludes kilayim. It either excludes it from Peter Hamor, or it excludes it from a non-kosher parent. 
parent. Okay, although the idea of a non-kosher parent could be learned from a different pasuk as well. Now the Gemara says the following: the tahara abra. Really, can a kosher animal become pregnant from a non-kosher animal? I mean, you know, those are like really that's real crossbreeding there. How would that happen? Yes, the kaimalan the iaber mikalut kerebi shimon. So now there's a long Rashi here for these four words. <laughs> yeah, so it says it can become pregnant from a from a fused hoof animal like Rebbe Shimon. What does this mean? So the question is, if two um, animal kosher animals get together, what? Right. So the pasuk says, you know, don't eat a camel, don't eat a camel twice. So Rebbe Shimon says the pasuk is coming to tell you is that even if you have um, two cows that gave birth to an animal that's a little bit like a camel. What does it mean it's a little bit like a camel? It is a cow. But it happens to be that its hooves are few. No, wait a minute. A camel has split... Does a camel have split hooves? Or fused hooves? Uh, a camel chews its cud? That's a gamal. Kimalei gerahi. Varsalo he freestyle. Right, its hooves are fused. So if... So what Rabbi Shimon says, the reason the Pusuk repeats don't eat a camel is to tell you even if an animal is born from a cow, two cows, a cow and, a, and an ox, okay, it is a kosher animal genetically, but it looks like a camel in that its hooves are fused, that nevertheless is not kosher. That's what Rebbe Shimon says, according to Rebbe Shimon. It's not kosher. Now, okay, that animal could mate with a cow, because we all know it's really a cow, okay? So that would be a case where you could have a non-kosher animal mating with a kosher one, and they could actually mate, okay. right? Because it's really just not kosher, because yeah, it's got fused hooves, but it really is a cow. So the offspring is also not kosher, and that we learn out from this drasha, okay, that it's only when both parents are kosher. So you're right, something that really is a non-kosher animal, genetically or whatever, you could never have that reality that it could produce an offspring with a kosher animal. But two things that are genetically kosher, but one is not kosher because it has fused hooves that could produce an offspring and this Pasuk tells us that the offspring is also not kosher. Either the use of the word seh or the use of the word kvasim. Alright, now we are thankfully done with that discussion. Okay, so, <laughs> so now we understand why seh sometimes comes to exclude kilayim. Back Rabbi to the Gemara. It would be kosher and you could eat it. Uh, they would say, yes. Yes. Okay, so now the question is like this. By Rava. Rava says, Harei Ola. Now, back to this question about Geneva, but now specifically a question about being Gonev Kudshim. Remember we discussed that if you're Gonev Kudshim, that, you're chai, that the owner is Chai Bakhli Yusar, has a vow. And because of the vow, if they learn, lose their korban, they're going to have to replace it. So then it's like it belongs to the owner. And you have to pay the owner the principal and kefel, according to Rabbi Shimon, even dalad v'hey, because you basically have taken something that is of value to the owner, even though it's kudshim. Okay, so now Rava has a really interesting question. Somebody took a vow, harei ola. So he frish, sure, and he separated out an ox. He said an ola. He didn't say which type of korban he would bring. He could have brought a little sheep, but he was going to be Mr. Generous. And he separated out an ox. And somebody came and stole the ox and burgled it. Can the ganav give back to the guy and say, okay, I stole something. I made you lose out because you have to bring an ola, but you know what? To bring you the ola, you're obligated and you're not going to have to bring an ox. You could fulfill the obligation by just bringing the lamb. Meaning you have to pay the Karen 
of the what you saw, but the kefal part would be no. This is even about the karen, right? So, you know it's that that you're not hired for stealing. Kudshim, I mean, Rashi, you're right. You, what you say is a good point, and the Gemara never, to my recollection, never explicitly addressed the question of karen by gun of kudshim or whatever. It was pro- focusing on kefal, but presumably it's the same point. Like if let's say it was not chayiv b'achriusim, let's say you said harei alai ola, right? And I stole and not harei zo ola, and I stole your ola. I wouldn't have to pay you anything, right? I just stole a korban, which you don't have, suffer as a loss of, okay? So, there's no chiyuv. So, according to Rebbe Shimon, when you're kachim shechai b'achriyusan, then the Rebbe Shimon's chiddish is, right, so a normal kachim that you're not chai b'achriyusan, I don't pay you anything. Now, if you took a neder, if you weren't Rebbe Shimon, you might say, why would I have to pay you if I stole it? I don't know, garmi. Like, I indirectly caused you a loss. But it wouldn't be a real Torah chiyuv of Geneva, because at the end of the day, it really isn't, isn't yours. Rebbe Shimon's chiddish is a type of a davar hagoyim l'mamun k'mamun dami. It's not just indirect damages. It's treated as if it really is yours. But that's relevant not just for the kefal. It's relevant even for the karen, even for the principal. So what the Kurava's question is, is how much is it your, uh, your animal? Right? Is it your animal only to the degree of its replacement value? Right? What is the replacement value of this animal? So Rava's question is, you might want to replace it with an ox, but you're only obligated to replace it with a sheep. So when I steal it from you, we're talking just about paying the principal. How much do you? Is it your animal that you lost? Right? What is the replacement value of it? So that's what his question is. For a lamb, according to the rabbis, for an olas for a What's this debate? Now we talk in the Mishnah. Somebody took a vow. What is his default that we should assume this person is obligated in? Yavi Kevis. The rabbis say he should bring a lamb. Certainly you fulfill your obligation if you brought an ox. Presumably you would also fulfill it if you brought a bird. But what should we assume? I don't know if that's true or not. But what should we assume you mean? What is like the minimum, you know, the general minimum interpretation of that? No, he can bring some type of a turtle dove. Okay? So you can fulfill your obligation by bringing something less. Do I have to pay you for the full value? Because right now, you know, it is your ox that, you know, you sanctified. On the other hand, the reason it's considered yours is because you'll have to replace it. But you don't have to replace it with an ox. So, Mia do we say, shame Ola, Kabul Iluye, one minute. Do we say that, look, you accepted an Ola, and therefore... I'm replacing an, I'm giving you something that you can use as your Ola. I'm um, I want to do a better mitzvah. You know, so it's clear from my actions that I want to bring a big one and that in practice I will replace it with another ox because I've demonstrated that. So even though I'm not technically obligated to, that's ultimately what you made me lose. So the Gemara says, after he raised the question, he concluded, Yes, you can exempt himself by returning something of that value. Now, it's an interesting question. Does he mean only literally if you return an animal? Or does he mean just return the value of a kevis? The value, presumably the value would suffice as well, assuming the animal itself is dead and is not around. And it makes sense because that's the only legal obligation that the owner has to replace it with. So it's nebuch that the owner lost it. But there's a lot of nebuchs going around. If I said haray zo, ola, not haray alai, and it was an ox, you wouldn't have to give me anything. Okay? So the only re- uh, legally obligated replacement value is that amount. 
Um, well, what? If, uh, what if I just said that? Then even according to Reb Shimon, you went over there. Let's finish to the mission. I'll take the question. Verses like this: He taught that this wasn't even a question. This was a straight teaching of Rava. Um, I'm a Rava. Harei Olav Yishur Ubach Evuknavo Patratma Bekevusura. Bottom below, so far below the Manasaria. The Rava didn't even have a question. This was just clearly his straight teaching. This is the only legally mandated replacement value, so that's the only thing that you have to pay. Yes, Mike. So I was just thinking about the, the case where if you ask someone to take um, Truma, right? You know, and then usually there's like the banal name and then whatever right. we say we go like what he does normally yeah but that's the question about what's the implicit shlichus here the reason is that is that it's a question about not what you will do if you said I read Zoho and I knew that you're a type of guy that if you lost it you're going to replace it doesn't mean that I have to pay you if I steal it right that's just a decision you make it's not it's actual legal value or it's the concept or the legal consequence of its loss to you always mafresh uh, whatever it is sure correct correct and you do that correct doesn't matter. That's just your decision. Right. Okay, next Mishnah. Okay, this Mishnah finally wraps up like a series of Mishnayot. Remember, these Mishnahs started, you know, you sell something, you, you, you steal it, and then you're Makdish it, you're Makdish, and, and, and then you slaughter it, or you slaughter it, and then you're Makdish it, you steal from the father, the father dies. All these scenarios, right? And the Mishnahs have been playing out with these variations. And what are the witnesses saying? And the witnesses say this, and the witnesses say that. Okay, so this is sort of the last of those series. So let's take a look. Let's say you sold it with the exclusion of one of a hundred. Like, I'm going to sell it. I stole Michael's uh, sheep here, uh, Charlie, and I'll sell it to you, but I retain ownership over the right foot. Okay, the right front foot. Okay, so I didn't sell you the whole thing. Okay, or, or Michael and I owned the sheep in partnership, and I, stole his, and I stole his half away. Like, I just stole it, and I sold it to uh, Charlie there, and uh, under Michael's nose. Okay, but half of it was already mine. Okay, or all these cases you're going to be exempt. Okay, the shutafut you might remember is similar to the case of the guy who steals from his father and then his father dies and then he sells it. So that the, by the time of the sale, he was already a part owner. So since by the time of the sale, he wasn't selling something that was 100% somebody else's, it was a little bit his when he sold it. Remember that scenario? He stole it, the father died, so then it became a little bit his. So since at the time of the sale it was a little bit his, he did, is not high for the sale. So certainly here, where presumably even at the time of stealing it, it was a little bit his. So when he's selling something, he's selling something that is not all somebody else's. It's also something that's a little bit his. He's not high for the sale. Okay? For paying four and five. Hashochet v'nisna... So that's cases of Mechira. Or, Hashochet v'nisna biyado. He shechted it and became an Avela as he was shechting. He did the bad job of shechita. So even if you say shechita shein ruishmei shechita, if you do the act physically correctly, even if for a halachic reason the meat isn't kosher, because let's say the animal was treifa, right, that's the debate of Rabbi Shimon and Chamin, whether that counts as a shechita or not. Everybody agrees if it's not a physical act of shechita. If you shechted it and you moved the knife in a way so that it wasn't even considered, considered to be an act of shechita, it's not some external reason that's preventing the meat from being mutter. The point is you didn't do a shechita on it. Okay, then everybody agrees you're exempt. Okay, or hanocher, if you basically just like, like, you know... This is utvachol, right? Why can't tvachol mean like I chopped it up? Like, yeah, so tvachol is used, right? Tvachol is used, utvach tevach v'hachain. Tvachol is used specifically in the context of, of a sense of slaughtering to prepare meat. That's like the context of the word toveach. Okay, so, so as the Gemara understands that tvachol is, uh, is the same as shechita. Um, okay, but you're right.
right. I mean, the Gemara, and there is a Gemara that questions Shechita Shenaruya, the Tvacho. Actually, according to some, the, the actual basis of Shechita Shenaruya, Lo Shme Shechita, is a Tvach Tevach Vahachain, is a word from Tvicha. Not from Shechita. Well, I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. Okay, but anyway, but Tvacho means to prepare meat. Okay? Hashogar Benis Nabla Biyado, Hanocher Vahamaaker. Nocher is like a way of killing it without even doing Shechita at all, or Maaker is like you're, you're tearing out the uh, trachea and the esophagus. In all those cases, you didn't do an act of shechita. You don't pay four and five. So the stuff at the end is pretty obvious. Just don't think that even though the rabbis say shechita shechita, that's only when there's an external halachic problem. If it's not a shechita at all, clearly it's not a shechita. But the first cases of mechira are more interesting, and those are the ones the Gemara is going to deal with. So let's take a look at the Gemara. My When it says if you sell it, ninety nine percent of it, you retain one percent. It's not a mechira. Does it literally mean? any 1%, which 1%, says the Gemara. Okay, so, Amarav, um, you have to leave over some type, some of the meat, something that the shechita relates to. If I left over, wool. we'll see in a minute, the wool, a horn, a tooth, or, or, you know, something of that nature, um, then it is not leaving something over. The act of shechita only applies to the thing that requires shechita, to the meat of the animal. Okay, so you have to leave over, retain for yourself, something that becomes permissible through the shechita, some bit of meat. If I retain the wool, you think that I retain a significant part of it. I understand, but, but the at, we're asking for the chiv of the act of shechita. Oh, no, sorry, excuse me, I missed the point. We're not talking about shechita, we're talking about mechira. But, but this is assuming, and you might remember there's a debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Shlokish, does something have to be able to be high for one to be high for the other? So here, though, we're assuming, though, that the parameters of what does it mean to sell all of it would be the same parameters of what's considered the all of it when it comes to shechita. So that's important. We're not dealing with shechita, we're dealing with mechira. But how much does it mean, and everybody agrees mechira means you've got to sell the whole thing. But the whole thing as defined through the lens of shechita. And Michael is right, if you ignore shechita, wool is a significant thing to be retaining for yourself. But if you're seeing it through the lens of shechita, the shechita is only relevant to the meat, so the mechira is only measured by the meat. That's what Rav says. No, like Michael said, anything you leave over for yourself, you don't define it through the lens of shechita. If you just leave over the the, the wool, that's leaving something over. Okay. But, I'm sorry, but not the horn, though. Uh, maybe even the horn. Actually, we'll see in a minute that the horn might be even more of a leaving over because the horn remains naturally attached. So we talked in Bryce is similar to Levi. That just leaving over the shearings is considered a leaving something over, a holding back. Mesa, I'll ask you on Rav. We have a three-way debate in a brighter. You sold it with the exception of the hand or the foot. Or or the horn. So a horn is not nita b'shita, right? With the exception of the shearings. You don't pay four and five. So that's lazy. Anything you leave over, even something that is naturally shorn away, that is not meat, that is not edible, a horn, uh, shearings, that's, you, you are exempt. That's lazy. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe says, He says like Rav, but he goes Rav one narrower. He says, no, 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 you're only high for selling something relevant, that's relevant to the Shechita. But it's not even meat. It's, it's only the things that would prevent the Shechita from being kosher if it was not around, if, if it was taken away from the animal. So if you say, I'm holding back the heart, I'm holding back the brain, or I'm holding back 
you know, a thigh bone, that if the animal was missing the thigh bone, it would be a trefa, that's considered to be holding something back. But to be holding back a little piece of meat that even if it were missing, the animal would still be able to be shechted, would still be a kosher animal, that's not holding it back. Okay, so this is Rav, but Rav squared. Okay, but this is basically saying, you're only high for mechira on something that's part of the act of shechita, but part of the act of shechita is defined as not something that the shechita makes permissible, but something that's required for the shechita to be a good shechita. That's what Rabbi says. Um, it has to be there. In it has to be attached. <laughs> if this thing were missing from the animal, the shechita would not be a good shechita. Right, as okay. opposed to the horn. As opposed to, or even as opposed to the foot. Okay, an animal could be missing a foot and not be a trefa. Reb Shimon ben Lezer Omer, chutzni karna, no, that if you leave off the horn, you don't pay. Because the horn is a, something that stays attached to the animal. So we don't measure it by shechita. We measure it just by mechira. But what, what does it mean to sell the full thing? Well, things that naturally remain always part of the animal, like the horn. To sell it without its shearings, you would pay because sometimes animals are shorn. So you can imagine all an animal with its wool and without its wool. So it's still considered the whole animal. But missing something that is normally not removed, that's a non-whole animal. So you have two approaches that ignore shechita, and they just say whole. So, you know, whole means missing anything is not whole, or missing something that's not normally taken away is not whole. Okay? And you have another approach that focuses on shechita, but on what's necessary for shechita. So the Gemara works it through. It works according to Levi, Kitanakama. He holds like Kitanakama. It says if it's missing anything, even the shearings, you're not chayav. And the Rav, Kiman, who's Rav? going like the one he's closest like is Rebbe but Rebbe's even more narrow than Rav so who's he going like so the says no Rav Rav says like the following we got a fourth opinion the Tanimitana another version of Reb Shimon the Lezer okay in our Brighta he said it made a difference between the horn and the shearings but here's what he says in this Brighta the Tanimitana if you leave over a foot or a leg you don't pay because that's meat and meat is connected to shechita. This is Rav's idea. So anything that the shechita affects is something that you can't leave over. But if you leave over a horn or the shearings, which are not related to the shechita, you pay it. Okay, we, great. We have four opinions. Levi matches up with one. Rav matches up with one. And two other opinions. Now, what are these debates? What's the debate about? My commission. What's the debate about? Tanakhan the Tanakhams of the opinion, slaughter it means the whole thing. Literally the whole, uh, um, uh, and selling it means sell the whole thing. You know, as simple as it said, anything that's missing from the Mechira is missing. Now I assume by the Tvacho, if you were to cut off a horn and cut off the, uh, the, the wool and then shecht it, um, like, I don't know, my guess would be that you would still be Chayev. That that still is, that it might be that Tvicha, it's the whole thing as relates to Shechita, as relates to what the Shechita is relevant for. That might be measured by the meat, but at least by the mechira, that's measured on its own terms, not in re- not con- not through the lens of shechita. So mechira measured on its own terms is if anything is missing, it's not a mechira. Although who knows? Maybe he would say the same by shechita as well. Even if you cut off the horn yeah, well, or cut right. off the, the wool before you shechted it. Like that, everything ownership in one hair. 
apparently. Okay, if you're if you're a smart Ganev, you know what to do. Yep. Okay, so it has to be the whole thing. The Rebbe Sava, Rebbe holds Utvacho midi dahavi betricha something that's relevant to the tricha lafuke midi dahavi betricha to exclude something that is that is not necessary for the shechita. So anything that you don't need to be part of the animal to make the shechita kosher is not your, you know you could you, you know you could sell without that thing without a foot since the animal would still be able to be shechted without a foot you could sell that and that's not considered a non-full sale. Umecharo dumya betricha so. The same way, if you cut off a foot and you shechted it, you'd be chayev because the foot doesn't prevent the shechita from working. If you hold back a foot when you sell it, you're also chayev. This makes it sound, by the way, that according to the Tanakhama, if I just cut off a hair before I even shechted it, mm-hmm. that it literally means the whole thing, whether shechita, whether mechira. So, like, right, as Michael said, not even cut all the shearings, just cut off one hair. Okay, so it's a funny idea. Okay, but the Tanakhama says literally everything. Rebbe says no, no, no. Only stuff necessary for the shechita, and therefore the same way that's true by the shechita. That if you cut off a foot, you'd still be chayiv because because you can still do a shechita without a foot. So if you sell it without a foot, you're also chayiv. But something that makes it not able to be shechted, you'd be pater. Reb Shimon the Lezer Sava. Reb Shimon the is of the opinion. Karna the lola migzakayma havishir a horn that normally is not shorn off. That is leaving something else. It doesn't have to be similar to shechting. It's defined the whole thing just on its own terms. But a whole thing means things that are always attached to it. So anything you cut off from it or you don't sell from it that is normally attached, you're exempt. But, uh, where were we? But the shearings, the lamigzas kaimi, are normally shorn off. That's not considered part of the whole thing. So in that case, lo havishir, you're not leaving something off by not selling the shearings. You pay four and five. The other Brita that has a different version of Rabbi Shimon Lazar, which is the position of 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 uh, Rav, that something that is meat is considered holding back. Savar Havishir, a foot in the leg that are need they not the shechita needs them, but they need the shechita that they only become permissible with the shechita. So, so that's leaving something over. By shechting it, is only, the whole of the thing could define through the lens of shechting is things that the shechting makes permissible. So if you cut those off before shechita, you're, you're, you'd be exempt. And if you sold it without those things, you'd also be exempt. Okay. It's horns and it's shearings. that don't need the shechita, are not considered holding it back. Okay, very nice. Four di- two versions that see it through the lens of shechita, either that the shechita needs it or it needs the shechita. Two versions that see it through the lens, not the lens of shechita, just define it as whole, and as whole completely literally whole, or whole in the sense of at least things that are always attached to it. Okay, now the Gemara says, Kasha, Reb Shimon Lezer, Reb Shimon Lezer. We have two versions of Reb Shimon Lezer. He's contradicting himself. Fine, trade the knife. I'll leave it to Reb Shimon Lezer, which is clearly the case here. There are two versions of Reb Shimon Lezer, two different debates of what Reb Shimon Lezer held. Tana Rabbanan, a rabbi's talk. Hagonev Hakitis. Let's say this definition of whole is only relative to the way it was stolen. Let's say you stole an animal that already had a leg cut off. 
There's a chigeres, or an animal that was lame, which is obviously less of a chiddish, because there it is physically whole. There's a sumo, or blind, also less of a chiddish than an animal that literally doesn't have a leg. Anyway, v'chena goniv, behemoth are shutfim chayev. Or if you still have a behemoth that's of owners, you're chayev. Shutfim shagonvu pturim. The shutfim themselves, in partnership, stole, then they are exempt. So now we're going to look at that second part in a minute, but before we get to that, let's first describe the first part. So the first... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> right. So the first part is, um, is like I said, that whole is relative to the way it was stolen. If it was stolen and it was missing a limb, you'd still be chayev. If you went ahead and sold it or shechted it or whatever, I'm not if it was a trefa, okay? If you steal from your partner, you're exempt because then you're part owner, so you're not stealing something that's totally not yours, okay? I'm sorry, uh, where were we? Uh, go to Behemoth. Oh, I'm sorry. If you stole f- from partners, excuse me, I stole something that was owned by David and Michael combined. Okay, so of course I'm Chayev, right? It's fully not mine. Just because it's owned by partners, I'm gonna, going to be Chayev. That's Hagonid Behemoth Hashutim. Now, what Shutim Shagunvu Potter, that's going to be interesting. What does it mean, partners who stole? So that's the one we're going to explore now. Partners in crime, but why are you exempt? And not only that, Vatanya, we have a bright that teaches Shutim Shagunvu Chayavim. The partners who steal are chayev. So what's going on here? So Amr of Nachman, low kasha. There's two types of cases of partners who steal, who burgle. Low kasha. Kan b'shutav shagana mechavero, kan b'shutav shagana me'alma. When it says partners who steal, it's really a poor way of saying it. It means Michael and I are partners in the sheep and I steal the sheep away from Michael. So then we know why I'm exempt. I'm, I mean, I'm, be, I'm exempt because I'm not, um, I'm exempt from four and five, right? Not because, not, not from Kefel, but because four and five you need to sell all shecht all of it you know sell all of it meaning it's all not mine so in this case if I steal a sheep that's half mine and I take away and run away with the whole sheep I'm chayv and kefal to Michael for his half but I'm not chayv for shechit and mechira because I'm selling something that's or shechting something that's part mine so that's it doesn't sound like shechim shaganvu means that it sounds like we stole it combined but we're reading it one partner stole from his other then you're exempt from four and five that's the case when you're exempt um, I'm sorry. When are you chay, When are you? That's when you're partner. When are you chayav? If you're a partner and you steal from somebody else's. Now, what does it mean? Are you stealing it with your friend? That's the partners in crime. Okay. So if you're two people, and we'll get, we'll we'll unpack that in a minute. But let's say Michael and I sneak into somebody's yard and we steal the sheep combined. Now you could say, did we do a mice Kenyan on it? Did we both do a mice Kenyan? But let's say somehow we define it as we did both did a mice Kenyan. Okay. So we both are ganavim. So now we both together owe the, owe the owner. And even though each of us might only wind up paying half but we both did an act of Geneva now the interesting question is the Chiddush here is going to be who did the Shechita who did the Mechira you might remember there were questions about Shliach Lidvar Azeira by the Shechita and the Mechira yeah that's what I was going to ask I was say I'm, you know, I'm manning a lookout car will you actually go and right you know, so yeah no 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 that's a good point so Shechim Shaganvu only means right it's not like those uh, crime movies or whatever Shechim Shaganvu only means that we both literally lifted up the sheep together and even there you have to figure out like so is that considered a Masa Kenyan I mean if that's that Stam Michael and I want to 
to buy a sheep from David? Can we both pick it up together? Right? Would that consider? Because if each one of us didn't, you know, is that a Misa Kenyan? Anyway, but this, that is the scenario, okay? So my when I, is, if I'm laying with then I'm going to be high in any of Exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, but here it gets nothing. It doesn't matter if it's a getaway car. You might go, could be doing everything except yeah, picking up the sheep, yeah. right? He could, he could be binding the, uh, you know, gagging and binding the owner while I take all the sheep out and I'm the only Ghana of in the case. Okay, anyway, so if I steal from my partner, then I pay Keva, but I don't pay four and five because I'm not shechting or selling all of it that's not mine. If part of it is mine. It's not completely not mine. But if partners steal, they are chayev. Okay? Kan b'kshuta shagana mechaver, kan b'kshuta shagana me'alma. Eitzir rava, Rav Nachman, Rava asked Rav Nachman this distinction. We have another breita. Yachol shuta shagana mechavero, if a partner stole from his 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 partner, or shuta shagana, or partners together stole, you chayavin, maybe they'd have to pay four and five. Tamalomar utvacho, kulo ba'in and veleka, you're not slaughtering all of it. So you see that even when partners are partners in crime, they do not pay. So el amar of Nachman, so now we're going to distinguish between two types of partners in crime. Lokasha. This is going to get to the question of who has to do the slaughtering or the selling. Michael and I combined steal David's sheep. Okay? If Michael then shechs it, um, because, and we say, Michael, now shech the sheep, and then we'll, you know, we'll eat the meat, and it's, it's done with our mutual understanding, then we're high of four and five. If, however, Michael goes ahead and shechs it without me aware, and I thought we were going to raise it, it was, you know, it's going to be my little lamb. Uh, that I was going to bring to school. Okay, but Michael went ahead and he shechted it. In that case, we're not high four and five. Why? Michael's also a Ghanav. He shechted it, but he only shechted his half, as it were. Okay? And he didn't shecht my half with my permission. And therefore, ironically, he shechted something that was fully not his. It was 100% David's. Okay? But he was only a half Ghanav over it. I was the other half Ghanav. And therefore, his shechita is not him because it's not the shechita of the two of us combined. Only if it's done with my understanding. Okay? So, and we're going to unpack that in a minute, but first we're going to go deal with another point. By Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya asked the following question. Let's say you sold it, not leaving over a piece of the animal, but leaving over a piece of ownership. Okay? I don't think we have this case. I, sell, I stole it from Charlie there, and I sold it to Michael, but I said, Michael, I'm selling it to you, but, after, but you'll own it after 30 days. I get, I get to use it for the first 30 days. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 is a funny question, because you would think it would be Pasha that after 30 days came, it would be like waiting 30 days and then selling it. Right? So, you know, why, but, but maybe I was brought to court before the 30 days had even arrived or something. I don't know. That's a, it's a weird idea. Chutz, the, the other cases are a little more obvious why you should be pater. Chutz mi avot me ubara. I'm sorry, did I skip? Chutz mi mlachta. Michael, you own it if you want to shecht it. But as long as you're not interested in shechting it, I get to use it. So that's a clear point. I didn't fully sell it to Michael. Okay. Chutz mi ubara. I'm selling it to you, but I keep the fetus, okay, if it's pregnant. Mahu, is that considered to sell the f- it fully? Now, we're only going to just focus in on the last case. If you say the fetus is like a limb of the mother, of course you left something over, you left over a limb, okay? And certainly That last question of the Uber would be a question, even if you say that Uber is not a part of the mother. You can't say Uber these days without thinking about your car service. Okay, my, what's
starts the story. Do we say, look, since it's attached to it, even though it's not considered part, a part of the sheep, but it is physically attached to the sheep, that is leaving something off. No, but it's maybe it's sort of like, I don't know, the shearings. It's something that's going to be removed from it, and this will even be more naturally removed than the shearings. So maybe it's not considered. Maybe the shearings would be leaving something over, but retaining the Uber is not leaving something over. What about that? That's an interesting question. So Igadami, so that's the question. So we don't know about the earlier ones of Chutzmim Lachta, but Chutzmim Ubara, we're focusing in on that. That's more similar to the things we discussed earlier. How much is that considered a fully part of the sheep or not? Igadami, some say, since it's not halachically considered part of the mother, lo do we say that? Or do we say, it's needed to continue to grow in the mother's womb. It's not just that it is technically connected, but it even needs the mother to continue to grow. Um, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I made that up. I'm sorry. It needs to be in the mother so that the shechita would make it mutter. The shechita will matter it. Even though it's not part of the mother, right? If you shecht a mother cow and you find a calf in it, you can eat the calf and the calf it gets up and walks around, right? That's the case of Ben Pakua. Mm-hmm. I heard that somebody, did you hear this thing recently? Like 30 years ago in Yeshiva, we used to joke about this, but yeah. now somebody's actually starting it. A Ben Pakua farm. Yeah. You raise animals that are, ben, that are, you intentionally shecht animals when they're about to give birth. They give birth to animals. Those animals don't require shechita. And then they have their own baby animals. And then you can just have all these animals that never require shechita. So somebody, I mean, when I learned this 30 years ago in Yeshiva, we made this joke. Oh, I could start a Ben Pakua farm. Actually, somebody's actually trying to do it. So anyway, okay, but whatever. Can you combine that with like, you know, milk that was in the mother? That, uh, you know, <laughs> right, right, so it's not really milk, right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> or do we say that even though halachically it's not a unit with the mother, it needs to be in the mother so that the shechita will be relevant for it. So therefore, when it really is like niter imo b'shechita, right, command the shir dummy. that is like you left a piece of the body over, take it, we don't know. So we don't know the uber case and we does not does doesn't even try to unpack the other cases about like you know retaining it chutz you know miavod mimlachta and so on. Okay, now let's take another look. And this other question that we're going to get to is going to circle back to the question about partners. By Rav Papa, Rav Papa asked, "Ganva kita umachra mahu? You stole it." You cut off a limb and then you sold it. Okay, so miamrin and my degan of halo zavin. What you stole? What you what, what you stole? You didn't sell. You didn't sell the whole thing. Okay, so the same way if I had said I'm keeping the ownership of the limb, I'd be exempt. When you cut off the limb, you're also exempt. We say What you sold, you sold fully. You sold the full, you know, the full animal that you actually that was left. Take assure it. a little bit of it. You, exactly, I assure some of it, and then I sold it. Absolutely. So when we said, right, we have two cases. You retain the limb, you're exempt. You stole it, missing a limb, you're chayev. Okay, so it's not it's not relative. So how about the middle case? You stole it with a limb, and then you cut off the limb, and then you sold it. Okay, is it relative to the way it was when you stole it, or is it relative to the thing that you're actually selling? The thing you're selling, you have to sell fully, or the thing, or is it that the thing you're selling has to be the full thing that you stole? Okay, and that would be the case where you stole it and chopped off a limb, and then you sold it. Okay, the papa loves those questions. Okay, Tanurabanan, a rabbi taught. Gun of the nasul la'acher. I stole it 
And then I gave it to Michael. I said, Yeah, Michael, you're our town shochei. Please shech this for me. Okay? Or I stole and I gave it to Charlie. And Charlie was my sense. And I said, Charlie, you know some people who are interested in some stolen goods. Why don't you sell it for me? Okay? Okay? Or I stole it and I sanctified it. That's going to be, remember before we said it wasn't an act of Mechira. Here we're going to call it an act of Mechira. We'll get back to that. Let's say I sold it. And I sold it, and I sold it, but I didn't. T- I didn't sell it by, by cash. I sold it on credit. I sold it to Mike. I'll say, fine, you'll pay me later. Is that a mechira? If I sold it, all of these are high for all of these things. Okay, gun of the or I stole it and then I swapped Mike the cow I sold for Michael's. I don't know. You, you used car. Okay, or is that a mechira? Yes. Here's the, once you say this last one, you don't have to say the earlier ones. Mechira doesn't even mean mechira. Even if I get nothing in exchange, I stole it and I gave it as a gift, or maybe that's implicit by hectage. So certainly, if you sell it, if you get it by a swap, you do it by credit, even if you just give it as a gift, and you don't get anything in exchange, that's included under the idea of selling, which is a chiddush, I think. Let's say it's, 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 I use it to pay off a debt. So, you know, you could say a gift is at least a new transaction. It's, you know, a debt, it's money that was already owed. That's also considered a mechira. Okay? Um, or I used to pay it off some store credit that I had. Okay? This is also sort of like the gift. I stole it and I sent it to my father-in-law for the uh, woman I was betrothed to. You know, you send presents before the wedding. Okay? So that's like a gift, but it's almost like a gift that is sort of, you know, there's a societal expectation that that gift will be given. Um, anyway, all those cases, it doesn't matter. You basically transferred ownership of it. So in all those cases, those are all sales. My what's the chish of all this? This is the idea before about Shutzim when they steal. One of them can slaughter for the two of them because there's an idea that you don't have to be the one that slaughters. Somebody else could slaughter for you in this case. The case of Tvich and Mechira, normally you have to do the Avera yourself, but here you've already stolen it. It's just getting deeper into the sin, and therefore somebody else could sell it or slaughter it for you, and you, not the person who sold it, you would be Chayav. Even though normally we say that if somebody does something you're not liable. Here there is. My time, what's the reason? You slaughter it and you sell it. The same way selling it requires another side, a buyer. Even if you slaughter it through another person, you are liable. This is the principle we saw before. And that's why also when shirts and steel, if one slaughters for the two of them, you're chayev. If one slaughters on their own, they're exempt because it's not slaughtering it fully, as it were. Mechayev. Vashmin and Seifa, and the end, now it's funny, the Gemara skips over what I think is all the chidushim that you don't, selling doesn't require getting money for it. I would say selling means you sold it for money. I would say it's a big chidush to say if you gave it as a gift, you're chayev. That the Gemara doesn't think is a chidush. What it does think is a chidush is gonav v'hikdish, sanctifying it. That that's considered selling. Why is selling? Mali mali What do I care if you sell it to a lay person or you sell it to, 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 the, to heaven, to, 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 the, to, to God's domain? Of course, 
the funny thing is we said before that if you steal it and you sanctify it as a korban you're exempt because it's mekara tura deruving the hasa tura deruving so if you look at Tosos Tosos says what he said before Ganav v'hiktish m'shalim t'shalom y'arba v'chamisha Tosos says k'de mefarish mali machal edrit mali machal shemayim v'ayri b'kache berek habayis it's when you gave it as a donation to the Beis HaMikdash to the Shaykh l'meimer mekara tura deruving v'hasa tura deruving k'mo b'kache mizbeach it's not like a korban where it always is considered yours so Corbin Kari Vlachaper Alabilam Vanishmo Vashane Balav Olaf. There it's for an, a sacrifice is brought for the owner's sake on his behalf. It's identified with the owner. There it's not considered when you sanctify it as a Corbin, it's not considered a train a change of ownership. Even though it really isn't yours anymore, it's just still associated with you. Whereas when you give it as a donation, you know, they might put up you know, that people might remember, oh, you donated this lovely you know, this lovely cow, but it's no longer considered your cow. You know, the donation happened in the past. It's now fully the base of Mikdash's, it's not normally no associated with you that is a mechira and again the way I framed it is it's not only a question of whether it's identified but it's a question of process when I give something as a donation that's like an act of mechira the idea of giving my car as a donation to the base on Mikdash is I am taking it out of my possession and I am transferring the title and giving the title over to the base on Mikdash they are now the owners it's about ownership Kadshem Berakabais is about ownership Kadshem Mizbeach is not a question about who owns my cow that I just sanctified as an ola it's not a process of transferring ownership it's a process of instilling its kedusha and giving it that status and therefore that status is now makes kadosh and I'm going to bring it as a korban okay so that's a very different type of a process and that's not chayv arba v'chamisha but kachay berkabayis is about ownership and you are chayv arba v'chamisha so we will end here